I actually wasn't going to start this early, but when I turned on Facebook, it sure didn't look like I thought it was going to. And I kind of panicked thinking, oh, no, it's not going to work. And then I clicked on something that was live and I was going to jump up and get out of the way. But I thought that would look awkward, too. So I thought, well, I can sit here for a couple minutes. I want Tama Lee to know that the clock is stopped tonight. So the pendulum won't be distracting her. Probably there's more than just one thinking that pendulum on that clock is so distracting. Uh, so the clock is stopped tonight. Uh, it is uh, 6.59 what I got. We've got, uh, we have a quorum. We have 46 people. So I want to go ahead because really the first couple of minutes of this uh, class tonight is, uh, is going to be a little bit of interaction, I wish, but it's not really going to be interaction. But I'm going to give you a chance to at least uh, pay attention and listen. I talked about uh, soundtracks to our life. Wouldn't it be cool if your life has a soundtrack to it? Wouldn't it be cool if there was music playing during your day? If you ever watched a movie and there wasn't any soundtrack to it, no music, it really takes something away from it. And I wonder how much more it would add to our lives if there was a soundtrack running in kind of the background of our life. And I think it would be really helpful to have a soundtrack running. I mean, if your wife was about to say something really kind and, and, and sweet to you, you know, the music would change into something soft and sappy and you'd know, okay, she's about to do something very nice for me. This is going to be a special moment. Or if the music picked up, you'd know, wow, something big's about to happen. And building to a crescendo, you'd know kind of when to get ready for something to happen. If um, something scary was about to happen, you know, everything would change to a minor chord. And you'd know, okay, I got to pay attention because something's about to happen. Something funny was going to take place. You'd hear the music get real light. And you know, okay, I can kind of relax here because this is going to be a, a funny moment. Um, yeah, I think a soundtrack our life would be really helpful. Last week, I talked about the greatest of all times, and I mentioned some movies. I was kind of still thinking in that vein this week, and I went back and I checked AFI, American Film Institute, and I found out the, the top five greatest soundtracks of all time in the movies. And actually, they're not soundtracks, but they're themes. The top five greatest movie themes of all time. Now, we kind of forget sometimes just how identifiable uh, music is in certain songs that go with movies. I actually, I want to play them for you tonight. Um, I am multitasking now, uh, um, but I want to play you the top five movie themes. I'll give you just a second to identify them. Um, a couple of these you're going to know right away. I think there's one hard one in here, though. Here's the number five top theme song of all time. Came out in 1972. It was the number one movie of all time. A line from it is, I'm going to make an offer you can't refuse. And if you don't recognize this one as the Godfather, then, uh, yeah, you're not going very well with the rest of them. But um, the Godfather, number five, all time. Here's number four. This isn't even a song. You're going to know this one so fast. 
That's it. You don't even hear it anymore, right? You all should know that's from Psycho. The number four theme of all time, Psycho, released in 1960. Actually, I found this out. Psycho was actually on a really low budget. It was a shoestring budget. It was filmed in black and white, and that was because of a money issue, not a technical you know, idea of Hitchcock. Uh, Hitchcock. Um, it was filmed with a TV crew. It's got a TV crew. And yet, you know, it's just this classic movie with the number four theme of all time. Number three is going to be the tough one. I'm going to let it play for a little bit because, because I think it's a hard one. I would not have guessed this one. There's a little bit of an intro to it. I hope you can hear them, by the way. I'm going to give you a couple hints to this one. It was released in 1962, so it's an old movie. It is a sweeping epic, and it's an epic because it's almost four hours long. I'll give you a, 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 a quote that should help you, too. If the camels die, we die. In 20 days, the camels will start to die. In fact, it's not the birds, Aloha. Good guess. Um, let me speed it up a little bit. Charlene, Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia, Charlene, nicely done. Lawrence of Arabia, the number three uh, greatest sound uh, track theme of all time. Number two, this is going to be an easy one. You gotta know that one. 1939. Gone with the wind. Or, uh, um, adjusted for inflation, still the highest grossing movie of all time. Gone with the wind. 1,400 women were interviewed in audition for the role of Scarlett O'Hara. Um, here's your quote from Gone with the Wind You should be kissed and often by someone who knows how. It's a great line. Even better than the most famous line of all time that we talked about last week. And then here's the number one song theme of movies of all time. I got a feeling you're going to recognize it. Wait for it. Identifiable as can be. The theme song for Star Wars. Everybody recognizes that, right? Number one on the list. Star Wars actually is the most valuable film franchise of all time, worth $7 billion. Number one, here's your quote from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who is more foolish? fool or the one who follows the fool. It's a good quote. And I say that I give you those top five only because I want to talk about number six. Oh, that was your 
Star Eats. Aloha has a lot of trouble with autocorrect. Uh, but Aloha is amazing, don't you think? <laughs> but I gave you those top five. I, see, now I'm rambling. I gave you those top five because I just want to talk about the sixth one. But I didn't want to say here's number six. I thought it'd be more fun to talk about the top five. But here's number six. And this is the one I want you to really listen to. Um, and it's the one that, that I want to use as kind of a springboard. There's a little bit of an intro, but you're going to recognize it. Here you go. Here you go. Yes. Dun, 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 Jaws. Number six on the all-time theme for AFI's movie. That classic dun, 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 dun. Filmed in, released in 1975. Steven Spielberg directed that when he was 28 years old. In fact, it said that when he first heard the soundtrack, when he first heard that, uh, that song, he hated it. He thought it was ridiculous. It ended up winning the, winning the Oscar that year for the number one soundtrack. Here's your quote from Jaws. This is from Quint. The cage goes in the water. You go in the cage. You go in the water. Shark in the water. Our shark. Six. Um, that's a whole lot of information. We're coming back to that, by the way. But that's a whole lot of information just to be thinking about what would the soundtrack of your life be? I mean, we have time. We're all in quarantine, right? So we can think about these things. What would the soundtrack, what would the theme song of your life be? If you could choose a song to kind of play as your background music, what would it be? Would it be something exciting? Would it be something kind of minor chord, melancholy? Would it be sweet and sappy? No, I've thought about that this week because I've had the time. Um, what would the soundtrack to my life be? And I think it would probably change from week to week. Not, maybe not week to week, but maybe year to year, or at least season to season. I think what I would pick now, what I probably wouldn't have said when I had little kids. And I certainly wouldn't have said when I was in college. Um, but if you would, here's your challenge for tonight. Think about the song track that you would use, the song theme that you would use. Put it in the comments for your life. I think we can learn something about each other tonight. So comment on what your song would be to kind of describe your life. And then I also got thinking about biblical characters. What song would we attach to biblical characters? And since biblical characters, I thought, well, I probably stay with like uh, uh, in, in the hymns, you know. And since they're biblical, I ought to stay in old hymns. So I started trying to put some old hymns together with some biblical characters. I thought maybe Abraham would choose Faith is the Victory. Maybe Joshua would choose The Battle Belongs to the Lord. I think John might choose what a friend we have in Jesus. Maybe Paul would choose this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. What would your soundtrack be? I think for me right now, at this season of my life, I think my soundtrack would be, I am a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd. 
I, I love the sentiment of that song. I, I love the, the, the imagery in that song. I am a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd watching over me. My soul to keep guarding over me ever, watching wherever I go. I think I messed the words up. And when the wind blows, he is my shelter. When I'm lost and alone, he rescues me. When the lion comes, he is my victory, constantly watching over me. He is constantly watching over me. I think that's the song that I would choose. I am a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd. We're talking about on Wednesday nights, this idea of let's look at some things that Jesus said and some things that Jesus taught. And again, it's really awkward for me to be sitting here talking to my laptop. And I know it's a little bit awkward for you to be at home. Um, I wish we could interact. I, I wish we could ask and answer questions. But I want to take a little bit of time tonight and take a look at the first uh, several verses in John chapter 10. It's a passage that you're really familiar with, but there is so much in that passage. And I want to ask a couple questions. I'm not sure that I'll answer them, but I at least want to ask a couple questions to, to maybe get us thinking in, uh, in some different directions. It's a really simple analogy that Jesus uses. Um, some people claim that this, what's in the first part of John 10 is a, a parable. I don't think it's a parable. It doesn't really fit the rules of being a parable. I think it's more of an analogy or a comparison, but it's really insightful how Jesus uh, uses it. And I'm going to read through it, and then we'll stop a little bit and talk about some things. But I want you to pay attention to the players in this analogy, in this uh, passage that Jesus, uh, what, what he has to say. And also, not just pay attention to the players, pay attention to all the things that Jesus promises that the shepherd will do. I'm in John chapter 10, and for the most part, that's where we're going to stay tonight. And I'm going to verse 21 verses. I know that's dangerous because that's a lot of reading. Um, read along with me or listen closely. Um, listen like it's the first time you heard it because it really is a powerful passage. And again, I really do think that God wanted us to take a look at John chapter 10 tonight. I think it's going to speak to you tonight. It really has me. So here we go. John chapter 10, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. I assure you, Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. For a shepherd enters through the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger or run from him because they don't recognize his voice. Verse six, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. I'm reading uh, chapter 10 uh, this week, like I've done so many times before. I've preached on this passage. I've sat through classes in this passage, but I'm not sure I've ever stopped on six before. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. You know, on one hand, Jesus is using some imagery that uh, they would have understood much better than we understand it. The sheep and shepherds. They would have understood that. Maybe they just weren't connecting the dots of what Jesus was implying when he talked about himself being a shepherd. But I'm not sure that's really, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd buy that. 
Because these people surely would have known the greatest psalm written by their greatest king. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. They would have known that. They certainly would have known uh, Isaiah 40, verse 11, talking about God. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He'll carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He'll gently lead the mother sheep with their young. They'd have known that verse. And they certainly would have known Ezekiel chapter 34. Verse 6, where God says, My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Why didn't they understand what Jesus was saying? They should have been used to these analogies. But let's go back to John chapter 10. Verse 6, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Verse 7, so he explained it to them. I assure you, I am the gate for the sheep, he said. All others who come before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Wherever they go, they will find green pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The, thief, the, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll leave the sheep because they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's merely hired and has no real concern for his sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I lay down my life that I might have it back again. No one can take my life from me. I lay down my life voluntarily for I have the right to lay it down when I want to and also the power to take it again. For my father has given me this command. Then verse 19. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some of them said, he has a demon. He's crazy. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Understand a couple things here. When Jesus goes through this whole statement about being the good shepherd, he's not just talking about what he does. He is really talking about who he is. And that's why I brought up uh, Psalm 23 and Isaiah 40 and Ezekiel 34. They would have understood that. They would have known those passages. We know those passages. So when Jesus talks saying, I am the good shepherd, they would have understood. He's not just saying that, uh, you know, there's a, a relationship here between, you know, sheep and, and shepherds and him and people. They would have understood he's putting himself on a par with God. You know, some people say, this guy's crazy. He's nuts. Why would you listen to him? But by the time you get down to verse 33, in John 10, they're ready to stone him for blasphemy because you're a mere man claiming to be God. So they understand not just Jesus saying, here's what I do. Jesus is also saying, here's who I am. And they get it. Now, 
I told you to keep track of the players in this uh, illustration. It shouldn't have been very hard because there's only three. There's the sheep, there's the shepherd, and there's the thief. Obviously, we're the sheep, right? Actually, we're the other sheep that Jesus talks about in this illustration, but the relationship and the promises are the same. So we all understand we're the sheep. What do we know about sheep living, you know, in central Florida? Well, again, we don't know nearly as much as those people that have been listening to Jesus would have known, but we know some things about sheep because we've studied John 10 before. And we've sat in sermons and we've sat in classes and we've read commentaries. There's things that we know about sheep. We know that sheep uh, need direction. We know they need to be led. We know they're certainly not the smartest animal in the feedlot. So, so far, the analogy is working out pretty well. Being sheep, we're not the smartest of all times. Uh, sheep need care. They need attention. They need someone looking out for them. They need someone who's going to be able to see things that they can't see. They need someone who's going to be able to know things that they can't know, to protect them from danger, to lead them to you know where the, the green pasture is and the still waters. They need to be cared for. They need to be taken care of. Someone who is completely committed to the sheep is what they need. Um, then there's the thief. Jesus said that just like the shepherd, the thief has an agenda, and it's really only one agenda. He says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And that is really harsh language. And that's really violent language. No, Jesus didn't say the thief comes to confuse you. Or the, the thief comes to distract you. The thief comes to muddy the water. The thief comes to challenge you in your thinking. Not at all. Jesus said the thief came to steal and kill and destroy. That is really violent language. It's really scary language. And we say, wow, that's dangerous. But thankfully, we know that. And, and, and thankfully, we know to stay away from the thief because we know that this thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. No, <laughs> we don't know that. We're the dumb sheep. We're the sheep who wonder. We're the sheep who fall for things. We're, we're the sheep who don't see what's right in front of them. We're the sheep who don't understand what should be understood. And the truth is, not only do we allow the thief into our lives and into our homes, so often we kind of invite him into our lives and into our homes. Why? Why would we do that? Well, a couple reasons. One, because we're sheep. We're not the smartest animals in the sheep pen. But also because the thief doesn't look like a thief. He's a thief, but he doesn't look like a thief. You know, I mentioned the, the soundtrack from Jaws. I said I was coming back to it. You remember in that movie, every time the shark was about to get somebody, that famous music started beating. Dun, 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 dun. And the quicker the music went, the closer the shark was, right? And I always thought, um, wouldn't it be great if those people in the movie could have heard that soundtrack? Wouldn't it really been helpful if they could have heard the soundtrack? Now, wouldn't it be 
really helpful if Chief Brody would have said to his son, um, you know, I want you playing in the cove tonight. Go swim in the cove this afternoon because it's so much safer. And if he would have heard, dun, 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 dun. okay, don't go to the cove. You know, stay out of the water. Or the girl that says, I'm going swimming before dinner. What if she would have heard, dun, 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 dun. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to stay on shore. It would have been really helpful if they could have heard the soundtrack. Think about this. And I know this, this is kind of out there, but it's Wednesday night. As Dave says, this is Tim Unplugged. So I'm just uh, thinking out loud. What if we heard that soundtrack every time the thief was close to us? Every time the thief was closing in on us. Hey, what are you going to do this weekend? I'm just going to go hang out with some guys and we're going to go dun, 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 dun. Uh, no, I'm going to stay home this weekend. Or, you know, you're surfing around the internet late at night. Hey, I wonder where this uh, next link is going to take me. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, oh boy, something terrible is about to happen. No, I'm going to go to bed. Or someone calls you up and say, you're not going to believe what I just heard about you know who. And all at once you hear, dun, 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 dun. You know what? I don't want to hear that right now. Would it help if we had a soundtrack playing in our minds every time the thief was close, every time the thief was closing in? Maybe it would. But to be really honest, I sort of doubt it. I kind of doubt that that would really help for a couple of reasons. One, we're given a conscious. We really, in our heart of hearts, we know right from wrong. If you're listening to me tonight on a Wednesday night, you know what God considers to be the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. We know that. But the other reason I think it probably wouldn't help is because the thief doesn't look like a shark. And the thief doesn't look like a wolf. You know what a thief looks like to us sheep? It looks like another sheep. Only a cooler sheep. Only a sheep having a lot more fun. Only a sheep with a, a lot better of an argument. A sheep that, that looks like something that we want to be, uh, something that we want to do. But again, no mistake, Jesus is so clear on this. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said in verse 8, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. Jesus said, if you listen to anyone but me, you're listening to a thief and a robber. I don't think there's any middle ground here. You're either listening to Jesus, you're being obedient to Jesus, or you're listening to a, a thief and a robber. And think about the good shepherd. I asked you to pay attention to what Jesus claims as promises from the good shepherd in the first uh, 20 verses of John 10. Let me highlight them for you. Verse 3, the shepherd calls his own sheep. And he leads them out. Verse 4, he walks ahead of them 
and they follow because they know his voice. Verse nine, he promises salvation to his sheep. Verse 10, um, again, we're told the thief, come, the, the, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I came that they might have life, have it to the full. I came to give a, 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 the sheep this full, uh, meaningful life. Verse 11, he sacrifices his life for the sheep. Verse 14, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Uh, John 10 uh, is so such vivid imagery of a shepherd and a sheep. But of course, that's not the only place that we read about the relationship between shepherds and sheep. And, you know, Jesus uses those stories. Uh, real quickly, let me uh, remind you of Luke chapter 15, the parable where Jesus talks about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. One of them is lost and he leaves the 99 and goes searching for the one. Let me make just one or two more observations and then I'm going to get out of here. You know, you've always heard stories. You don't hear them quite so much because of smartphones, but you always used to hear stories about the fact that, that men would never stop and ask for directions. You know, if a man gets lost driving a car, he'll just get more lost. He'll never stop and ask for directions. And in all honesty, before smartphones came along, I was one of those men. I never liked to stop and ask for directions. And I've got a theory on why I wouldn't. And I've got a theory on why most men didn't. And here's my theory. And I might be really off base on this, but here's my theory. Most men, at least for me, most men, when they were driving, when they got lost, for me, I never really felt like I was lost. Now, yeah, I might know I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I never really felt lost. I always had this kind of crazy Jack Sparrow compass in my head going that I, okay, I know I need to be over there, kind of. But sooner or later, I'm going to get there. I'm going to figure it out. It's all going to work out. I'm not going to die in my car. I never felt very lost. When Martha would get lost, she feels like she's lost. And she would give arguments like, why would we drive another mile in the wrong direction? Because we're going to end up somewhere. You know, we're going to end up where we want to be. No, why just stop and ask somebody? Why would you not stop and ask? It's so silly not to stop and ask. She felt like she was lost. She realized she was lost. I never really realized I was lost. I didn't feel that way. Luke 15 tells us that the shepherd, the good shepherd, searches for his sheep. He searches for the sheep that are lost. But too often, I think we decide, that's not me. I haven't wandered away. I haven't drifted off. Not really. No, yeah, I'm not exactly where I know I need to be. Something feels a little bit off. I'll admit something's not quite right, but I'm not lost. He's not talking about me. I don't need a shepherd. And yet that's what the good shepherd claims happens when a sheep wanders off. The thief shows up. And the thief, again, only has one agenda. To steal and kill and destroy. So here's the bad news. If you're not with the shepherd, you're lost. If you're not really feel and you know like you should be, if you're not with the shepherd, you're lost. That's bad news. Here's the good news. 
If you're not with the shepherd, the shepherd's looking for you. Even if you don't realize you're lost, even if you've just sort of drifted and wandered and, um, you know, someplace where maybe I'm someplace I shouldn't be and doing things I shouldn't do. The good news is the shepherd's looking for you. And he's relentless about it. In John chapter 10, after Jesus told this parable, you know, the, the analogy, whatever it is, of the sheep and the shepherd, after he explained it, you know, verse 19 again tells us that they were divided on their opinion about him. And again, people said, this guy's crazy. He has a demon. You can't listen to someone like this. And then there's another group of people saying, I don't think he's crazy. I don't think someone with a demon would talk like he talks and do what he does. You know, you listen to what the good shepherd has to say, and you sort of have to choose a side. It's pretty hard to straddle the fence. Uh, another agrarian uh, metaphor there. But it's pretty hard to straddle the fence when the good shepherd is speaking to your heart. You're either going to listen to the shepherd or you're going to listen to the thief. And again, sometimes we get so deluded and so delusional about what their agenda is. Read chapter 10 of John again tonight or sometime on your own. And you get such a feeling that this shepherd loves his sheep. This shepherd will do anything for the sheep. And again, we know that's Jesus. We get it. And it's so obvious that the thief really wants to destroy the sheep. And again, we get it. And yet we find ourselves turning a deaf ear to Jesus and listening to that thief who intellectually we know, even though he looks like another sheep, he's a wolf. He's a shark. He wants to kill and steal and destroy. Um, so, you know, what soundtrack is playing in your life these days? What's the background music that if you really could hear it, you'd be hearing? Is it dun, 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 you know, should you be paying attention to that music? Or is the background music in your life more like, um, I am a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd, watching over my soul. What a great thought that is, right? Sing those words over a few times uh, during your day and you will be encouraged. So that's my thought for tonight on That's What He Said. I want to check and see if Martha has uh, any uh, announcements or prayer requests or anything like that that's come through. She's shaking her head. No, I do want to end with her. And again, I'm going to kind of challenge you. Stay with me just for a minute or two after our prayer. And uh, I'll give you an update or two. Let's pray. Father, we are so very thankful and we are so very humbled when we think of ourselves as sheep who are so prone to wandering and so prone to straying, and then we think of you as not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep, uh, who not only is willing, but actually has laid down his life for us. And Father, I pray that we would listen very carefully for your voice, uh, the voice that wants nothing but to give us a life and to have it to the full. 
and that we would follow your voice. You try to lead us as you go ahead of us. And Father, I pray that we would be aware of the spiritual warfare that's going on, that we would be aware of the voice and the whispers of the evil one, uh, the thief, and his desire to steal and kill and destroy. So uh, remind us and and humble us and uh, and be patient with us as we turn to you. Thank you for all those promises that you make and all those promises that you've kept. It's in